If we were going to have a conversation right now about procrastination, what would that sound like? Um, can we put this off a few minutes? Well, I feel just like a child. I'm Ben Green. And I'm yeah, Hannah Green. Is Grown Up like Questions. On this podcast, we take a question about growing up and ask friends, family, and experts of all ages to help us answer it. But the most effective tool in our tool belt? Brother-sister friendship power. Today's question, how do I stop putting things off and get stuff done? From my womb to my tomb, I guess I'll always be a child. We picked like the single most stressful topic in the world. For this episode, like this is the most stressful thing in my life, probably like a lot of people's lives, but definitely my life, like mostly your life more than other people, like mostly my life. I just wake up every single morning and I do not smell flowers. I just smell despair and fear and fear and fear of the things that you haven't done. Yeah. <laughs> so like what sort of things do you procrastinate on? I mean, I procrastinate on everything. I don't always clean my apartment. Like I have closets full of procrastination just piled up. Yeah, this is why we like can't be roommates because like I just can't have you not clean your apartment. I have a gas bill that like I can pay online that I just haven't paid. I have enough money to pay that gas bill and my parking ticket, which I actually kind of want to contest. But that also seems kind of stressful and painful. Like I should probably just pay it, but I think I can contest it. Um I'm also putting off opening a letter that I got from L.A. Superior Court, which says open immediately. Oh, my God, Ben, you have to answer that. Do I? Yeah. Yeah, you have to answer that. You have to, like, <sighs> follow the law. You can't procrastinate on the law. Well, but I think I'm proving that you can. <laughs> you struggle with procrastination, which to me is flabbergasting because you're you're so, like, on the ball and you use Evernote. Oh, well, thank you. I do use Evernote. And I also just started using Todoist. But now I'm using, like, so many different to-do lists that I feel like it's helping me procrastinate because I'm just the first thing on my to-do list is to consolidate my to-do list. My God. But I have like a lot of things I just feel like if I was a responsible adult, I would do these things. Like what? Okay. Well, well, I have I have this thing that's been on my to-do list forever, which is that like I would have like a contact list of everybody that I've ever met in my industry. And I would just have this contact list that said their names and their phone numbers and where I met them in the last time that we talked. And then I'm also supposed to like move my IRA Roth account from like one company to another for various reasons and I have to make the list of application deadlines and I'm supposed to argue down my credit card APR. Future Ben and Hannah really need present Ben and Hannah to do these things and present Ben and Hannah don't do these things. The truth is that the thing that I procrastinated the most on this year, like of anything, is this episode of this podcast. Oh, me too. We started this in what, January? Yeah. I say that like I don't know. Like I say that as though the fact that we started this episode in January doesn't keep me up at night. No, we know. We talk about it every meeting. We're like, wow, we're really procrastinating on this episode, aren't we? Wow. Yeah. It's just no one's waiting for it to be done. Right. It's We don't need to do it. We just want to do it. It's not like there's a deadline on it. We just want to do it. And nobody's standing over our shoulders. So there's no consequence for procrastinating. Yeah, I guess. But Except for our own self-hatred. Yeah. Yeah. Our own self-hatred and the knowledge that death looms in the horizon. And if we don't get it done before we die, then no one will know. That's the true deadline. Death. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it just depresses you. I, it just totally depresses you. It's like one of the big things that I want to figure out how to do. Like I want to accomplish things with my life that I'm not. And I, is it that I don't want to do it or is it something else? Like I call myself a comedian. I call myself a writer and all these things. And I just, whenever I procrastinate it. There's a sort of feeling that you're an imposter. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of shame associated with procrastination. Oh, totally. Like I'm sort of embarrassed that I procrastinate, you know? Me too. Like I don't tell people about this normally. Yeah. Well, I think it's because like a good person doesn't procrastinate. Like a good successful adult does not procrastinate, supposedly. Yeah, I feel that way too. I feel like it's a lack of development. Like it feels to me like I'm just, if I was destined for success in any way, I wouldn't have such difficulty with this. Which is funny because from my perspective, you're clearly going to be successful and you're like very smart and doing more things than most people. You're plagued with this. So it makes me wonder, like, are we all completely wrong when we say successful people don't procrastinate? I mean, I think that's what I want to find out. This is Piers Steele. I'm Piers Steele. I'm a distinguished research chair at the Haskane School of Business and author of The Procrastination Equation. Piers has an art for talking about one of the most stressful topics in the world in one of the least stressful ways possible. When I was in high school, for example, I used to do all-nighters, for example. That was just my way of doing it. In fact, I fell asleep in exam because I pulled too many all-nighters one after another after another. It was I was pretty much a solid B student, and I could do it by all the last minute, but it wasn't getting me where I wanted to go in life. I was, I was really plodding along. Um, and it was my second best version of myself. I'm the same kind of person. And I have this hope that I'll turn 30 and my procrastination will magically disappear. And logically, I know that's probably not going to happen. And so I have this creeping fear that procrastination will just be this permanent personality fixture that I'll, I'll wrestle with my entire life. I mean, it is basically like being a diabetic. If you're a diabetic, you you know, you eat that the symptoms won't manifest if you have a proper diet, you know, or if you use your insulin or you can do things to manage the symptoms. So, yeah, I mean, the underlying impulses that create procrastination and it's about impulsiveness, as it turns out, are still there. I just know how not to indulge in them. Oh, so you've been wrestling with procrastination your whole life also. And the difference between you and me is just that you beat it into submission. Oh, yeah. I, I got it locked down. So what is it? What really is procrastination? Uh, it, it is putting off despite expecting to be worse off. It isn't just laziness. It isn't just delay. It is um, honestly, by your own standards, whatever you want to do with your life, if you think it would be best if you did it now, but you did it later, that's procrastinating. And this is what we find is that the more people procrastinate, the less happy, less healthy, less wealthy, less all the good things you want from your life, because you're right. You're right from the beginning that putting off was going to make your life worse. On average, it does. I'm willing to admit that I have a problem. I know that I'm doing this thing and it's making my life worse. I just don't know why I'm doing it. I mean, is there something wrong with me specifically, or at least with my generation? There's been historical records of procrastination back to 1400 BC to the time of Thutmosis III. Um, it's gone through every kind of historical period. We've seen it in comparative psychology. So basically, we've seen it in every other animal. Um, 
that we've looked at from pigeons and rats to monkeys. And we've looked at it in terms of the genetic code. We looked at it in terms of um, the way our brain's set up. We have a susceptibility to this. I mean, but it's human. It's just who we are. I mean, welcome to the human race. I mean, it occurs in every culture. It occurs in every time period. We all have a susceptibility to it, some more than others. Okay, so it's not just me. Then what's causing all of these fish and monkeys and Buddhists to procrastinate? There's three major variables. I mean, how they express, there's different flavors of them, but there's three major variables. Um, the top one is impulsiveness. There's been great kind of genetic research on it showing um, that about 100% of the inheritable part of procrastination is due to impulsiveness. And that is simply difficulty delaying gratification. There's two other ones that kind of contribute on top of that. And this kind of differs from person to person. Um, one is your self-confidence you have for the task. If you think you can, if you think you can't, you're right. And the second one is value or rewards. I mean, we, some people, for example, like cleaning and will procrastinate by cleaning. And some people will procrastinate cleaning. So we all like different things, but more you find it boring. Well, guess what? You're more likely to put it off. And it's just dealing with procrastination is just moving the meter in those three things. Part of my frustration is I know how important something is to get done. And I know that I can probably do it if I just sat down to do it. And I know I shouldn't give into temptation. And I expend a lot of energy telling myself those things, but it doesn't amount to much. Um, I... It is because it's not being used effectively. It is flailing. I would call you. You're probably flailing. So lots of energy and it's all going everywhere and it's just your hot mess, really. <laughs> you're, uh, you're really not pulling any punches. That's right. You know, well, it, it's kind of like somebody who doesn't know how to dance on the dance floor, right? It's like, uh... That's also me. <laughs> there, there you go. All right. So we have these three meters. We have three meters. We have impulsiveness. We have value. And we have self-confidence. And it's just a matter of moving the needle on these three things. How do you move the needle? Well, that's in that there, there's the rub, right? It, it is the details of the implement, implementation of them. We um, categorize 23 different techniques. You don't need them all, by the way. One or two, we usually do it. All right. What are a few? Temptations. There might be nothing wrong with your goals, but you're always doing it in a cloud of temptation of, of alternatives that are right around you. And so that's what a lot of things are about. It's like taking the ding and the accessibility offer email. I mean, people test, um, I usually check their email about 45, 50 times a day. Takes them a minimum of 15 minutes to refocus on whatever they should be doing. So before they actually get to that point of peak concentration in that, you know, that delicious flow state where everything's just happening. And once you're in it, it's just like, ah, this is where I need to be. Oh, there's an email dinging. Sorry, I got to go. Right? What did you do? What did you just do there? You were in the perfect space and you're checking your email. What is it? You don't do that. Uh, but it dinged, right? And we got this kind of Pavlovian response. So take off the ding. Take off the indicators. The biggest one is, um, of course, going to be your iPhone. If you're going to want to do work, um, you have such strong associations with that now. Um, it ain't going to work in the room. You got to take that and you got to power it down and put it and another room, preferably another floor. That's the only thing that's going to work. Impulsiveness seems like a pretty practical meter to move. You know, put your phone in another room. That's that's pretty doable. Value, on the other hand, that's pretty abstract. How do you uh, how do you make yourself value something more? The inherent value of something isn't 
necessarily in itself. It's often what it's compared to. And there's one, one particularly good application of this is called productive procrastination. So productive procrastination is basically to have a terrible, terrible task you have to do in your life. Instead of doing that, you do everything else. You One terrible, awful thing will help clean your house. For example, the amount of, the amount of cleaning that goes into an uh, average college dorm the night before an exam is ridiculous. You see, you have to pretend yourself. It's kind of like a procrastination pit fighting. Two tasks go in, one comes out, which one wins, right? You know, it, 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 you, but if you have an imaginary task that you believe you actually have to do, I have to write the great American novel. I'm, I'm being putting it off. So during the meanwhile, I'll just do all this other stuff and I'll get to that later. It, it actually makes it more attractive. So our self-delusional goals are really helpful in keeping us productive. This is good to know. For some people. Some people can really make that rock. There's a, it, it is um, a fun way of kind of turning procrastination against itself. I feel like I could run into some trouble doing it this way because if, I, if I'm deluding myself and I have my priority list all mixed around, how am I really going to know what's the most important thing for me to do? I mean, wouldn't the best case scenario be for me to have the most important item on the top of my list and I'm always just getting that thing done? I mean, maybe that's unreasonable, but... Ideally, it's robotically as perfect as just doing what's on top of your list all the time, but the cost of procrastination is the difference between what you should be doing and what you are doing, because you can put off anything. I mean, it's up to you. If it's a big, important thing and you're putting it off for something that is trite and distracting, that's a big cost. If it's a big, important thing and you're doing another big, important thing, well, then the difference between those two is trivial. And trivial means that there is a slight difference, but the world is not so demanding to require us to be perfect. Okay, let me let me put my perfectionism aside. What What is the least amount of energy that I have to put into this? What is the least amount of thought for me to get productive for me to just put procrastination in the rearview mirror. A lot of these techniques, um, it's like any type of habit. Uh, and you see this with drop off in New Year's resolutions. It takes really on average two months, specifically 66 days to create a habit. Sometimes you can do it in a short amount of time, depending on what you want to do. So really, it's getting through that first month or so. I mean, the drop off rate for the first two weeks for New Year's resolutions is incredible. It's like one third drops off in the, like by day 15. By, by the time you're in month three, the drop off rate is 1% per month. It's like nothing, you know? So it's all, it's all about getting through that first couple of weeks. And it's about kind of really taking seriously and wanting it. I mean, what I see a lot more of, unfortunately, is um, half-assed implementation. So actually, you, you, what you find is basically the, the really severe procrastinator and puts off doing anything even about their procrastination. And it's kind of sad. It, it's, and you don't have enough material to work with. But for the, even the moderate procrastinator, somebody who's willing to put in some of these techniques, go for it, you know, has some desire for, you know, they, 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 they want to do something with their lives. I can't deal with somebody who has no sense of agency. It sounds like this really is a young people issue because it, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. Do young people have less agency? Um, yeah, well, it, they're still developing a sense of agency, a sense of responsibility. I mean, if, if you're kind of standard 
type of upbringing, which you were basically had a lot of external control in terms of coaches and parents and teachers who told you what to do and enforced it. And all of a sudden you've given all this freedom. Um, that's a heady thing. You know, it, it really is. I mean, you, you can do anything and it takes you a while to kind of decide, you know, what am I going to be responsible for myself? When do I own my life? Um, that doesn't happen as a turn of a switch, even though the responsibilities come instantly. Um, it's something you develop. I would like to see this more graduated development of responsibility, but no, we throw the people in the deep end. Yeah, I do feel exorbitantly bad at adult life in a way that I'm not bad at uh, like social studies or, or math, you, you know, things that are taught in school. And I, I, I go back and forth between being angry at myself for it and... Yeah, angry at my parents and schooling for not doing something to make me more prepared for it. But it still doesn't mean you don't have to do something about it. I mean, it's like somebody broke into your apartment and saying messed it up and then they left. You know, you come back home and said, well, that's not your, my fault. So I'm not cleaning it up. It's like, you're going to live in that just because it's not your, you didn't do anything to deserve this. Of course you have to clean it up. And that's the difference. It's like, don't feel guilty about it, but take responsibility for it. Those are two different things. And often the guilt gets in the way of the responsibility that people feel bad about their procrastination. So they try and hide it. They try and pretend otherwise instead of dealing with it. There are ways of dealing with it. There are very effective ways of dealing with it. But guilt gets in the way of you doing that. So if I'm really going to do something about this, it's going to mean no more angst about procrastinating, no more comforting that angst with TV or, or some other distraction. It means treating time management like, like a skill that needs, needs fostering and, and, and looking really hard at myself in the mirror and saying, this isn't an emotional thing anymore. This is a, this is a mission. And I can work with that. I've been talking with Piers Steele. His book, The Procrastination Equation, is available on Amazon.com for 10 bucks. Give it a read. So how did you feel about what Piers said? Like what resonated for you? Honestly, as great as all those, all those tricks of the trade are, all the little tools, the most useful thing and... <laughs> Maybe I just really wanted to hear this, but the most useful thing for me is uh, get rid of the guilt. That that's the key. That really clicked because for me, my procrastination is a vicious, vicious circle. Where the second I label something as something I'm procrastinating, then whenever I think about it, I just get anxious. And whenever I'm about to start it, I get anxious. I put it off, and then I'm putting it off, and then I miss a deadline. I'm getting a call from somebody. Oh, now it's even more angsty, and so now I'm putting it off even longer. It's a nightmare. Uh, so if I can just crush that guilt-slash-anxiety thing up front, just squash that instinct to— How are you going to do that? Well— I feel like it's going to be a combination of self-awareness, meditation. I might need to go to Thailand. So it looks like peers gave us some really rational, practical, intelligent advice about how to confront procrastination. And then you're ignoring all that and going to Thailand, right? Yep. Right. But I wanted to talk to a friend of mine who's fighting procrastination in a super creative way. 
I got an email from my friend Laura, who is a writer and actor in New York City. And she invited me to be a part of this thing called an artist susu. Susu is S-U-S-U. Like the Planet Money susu. Yeah, yeah. And she was procrastinating a lot on writing plays. But since she started this group, she and 30 other people have been steadily finishing their goals. So in order to be a part of the susu, everybody has to announce a goal that they have to finish by the end of the month, ideally artistic or aspirational. And then they have to commit to finishing that goal. And lastly, they have to give her $20. You've given me $20 and you will either get $20 back or you will lose it. But if like, if you, me and Ben are in a susu and then Ben doesn't do it, you and I would both get $30 back. Oh, because Ben would lose his money. That's a great deal. So we should bet on Ben's yeah. failure. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's a little, and that part's like a little sad in that both months I've like profited off of people who haven't completed their goals. And why is $20 the amount you decided on? Well, it just seemed like a reasonable amount to ask from my friends, most of whom are like artists with kind of... um like they piece together their jobs. You know, most of my friends don't have like day to day nine to fives. So anything over $20 kind of seemed like just a lot of money to ask of people. It, and it just seems like an appropriate amount at this point in my life. Maybe in five years, I'd make it a $50 susu, hopefully. Um, but 20 bucks seems reasonable. But do you think if like it was a $50 income? susu that people would be more likely to complete their goals. Yeah. Dang it. You're probably right. They probably would. And then people would make more money off of it if somebody lost. But I guess maybe you would have a lower retaining rate because if somebody lost $50, right. they'd be like, oh, I don't trust myself. I'm never going to do this again. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. And like, for me, that's like almost a whole week of groceries, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm not trying to make someone not eat or something. I don't know. That's just 50. I mean, I think you're right. I think people would probably really push themselves if they couldn't afford to lose 50 bucks. But I also, you know, these are my friends. I don't want them to resent me for like roping them in to a system where they lost $100 or something. Right. You know, I just want to, I'm just trying to like gently poke at people if they want me to. I'm just trying to annoy them just enough to get something done. And people have gotten a lot of things done. That's the really, that's the part that I like the most, actually. What kinds of things much, have people gotten done? Do you want a list? Yeah. I have it right in front of me. Okay. Someone wanted to write a nonfiction piece. Um, my one friend wanted to have a reading of his play. Someone else finished their website. Uh, my friend started a podcast. Then I had a friend who wanted to add 10 songs to her guitar rep, a friend who wanted to make a music video. Someone wanted to uh, post a video of them singing publicly. Uh, another application for SPAC work. Someone else wanted to write a full draft of lyrics and book of their musical and schedule a cast reading. A friend did three sessions of Hillary volunteering. Uh, and then this month I asked my siblings if they wanted to do it and they're both not theater people. So my brother finished his presidential article that he was writing about presidents and their emails. And my sister 
passed all four of her insurance exams. <laughs> so they're both in here too. So this is interesting. Like none of these are like, do my laundry. <laughs> no, no, nothing that like you would just have to do on the regular thing. Cause it's like, it's, I think it's the goals that are really easy to ignore when like someone fun is in town and you're like, Oh, I could stay in tonight and work on this thing. That's kind of driving me nuts, but Hannah's in town and I want to go get ice cream with her. Well, naturally. Yeah. I know. Isn't that so cool? All these things people have done. Yeah. It's so cool. The things that people have done, the list is like totally inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And all potentially because they voiced it and somebody else held them accountable in some way. Right. So why do you think we procrastinate on the things that we want to do if they're supposedly the things that we want to do? I feel like the answer for me personally is like so depressing, <laughs> but you know, it's just this sense of like, now that I've graduated and I've been, I used to hate this phrase as a kid, but like now I get it. Like I've been in the real world for two years. And now that I understand just how much effort it takes to like get a play from my computer into the hands of actors, it, it can just like overwhelm me and prevent me from even just sitting down and writing the play. And this just having a susu, having like 20 bucks on the line is just shrinking, shrinking the end goal. I'm not thinking about like a regional theater production of this play. I'm just thinking like, I have to have it done. And now this month I have to edit it. And it's kind of just taking those huge goals for me and, and breaking it into baby steps that feel more manageable. What kind of people do you think will keep doing the artist Susu? And what kinds of people do you think will drop out? So people who love deadlines will keep doing it. The people who have like pushed themselves to finish a past goal, I think will keep doing it because it's just, it's such a rewarding thing to know that no one was waiting for you to apply for this fellowship, but you did it anyway. And then you got rewarded for it. And I think the people who will stop doing it are the people who it just, it just doesn't work for them. I mean, people need different kinds of incentives. I totally get that. There's two people now that haven't done their goal both months. And I'm wondering, I, I don't know yet, but I'm wondering if they'll come back for a third month or not because they've already lost $40. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I think that was my fear. You know, uh, just so like listeners know, I got the email about the artist Susu. Yeah. And I was very intrigued by it for five seconds. And then I was like, I'm going to lose this money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I even told Jay, my roommate, I was like, are you doing this? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I was like, I'm just going to lose the money. I'm just going to lose $20. So So I have so little faith (laughs) that I could do it. Jay did lose the first month. I don't know if she would want me to say that. But the second month she won and she... Is she like wrote a whole new draft of her musical and is having a like a reading of it? I don't know how much of that is related to the fact that she knew she had lost the first month and wanted to win the second month. Like, I can't really know that, but I ha- I kind of believe it must have helped like a little. She was like, "Oh crap, I lost twenty bucks. <laughs> like, I don't want to lose twenty bucks again. That sucked." Right, but instead of 
instead of saying, I don't want to lose 20 bucks again, so I'm not going to do this next month. She said, I don't want to lose 20 bucks again, so I'm going to do it and do it right. Right. Yeah. Isn't that, oh, I'm so inspired. Jay, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) So inspiring. Just that stick to itiveness. Not just for dramatic effect though. Like I really think that I should do it this month. What, what's your goal going to be? Well, I think my goal needs to be, I mean, I have like a long list, so this is an intimidating question, but maybe <laughs> it should be a contact list, which has been on my list for about oh, two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and no joke, like two years, like talk about procrastination, yeah. two yeah. Years, but why? Because it's so daunting. It's going to be so boring. It's going to be helpful, but maybe not immediately. Right. Oh, that is the hardest when a goal is going to pay off, but like way in the future. Like in five years, five years from now, Hannah will be like, thank God I have this contact list. But maybe like next month, Hannah, it won't be that helpful. I'm really scared now. I'm definitely going to lose $20 this month. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to do it. And then you'll be so happy that you did it. That was Laura Winters. She's a playwright and performer in New York City. <sighs> the contact list. I know. I know. I know. I need to do this contact list. You what? Hannah, what? You didn't do it? No. No. Hannah, Hannah, you said you would do it. I know. You told Laura. I know. We just listened to. I know. (laughs) We just listened to. I know. I know. I know. I know. Minutes of you telling Laura that. I understand, but I'm disappointed. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) I said that I was going to do it and then I didn't do it. And the reason I think is because I just didn't have faith that I would do it. And I was like, oh, I really need that $20 for something else. Oh my God. You didn't give her $20? So you didn't lose $20? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to lose $20. Uh, okay. Maybe you wouldn't have lost $20 if you had put them in and said, I got to do this list. I just think you didn't believe in yourself. I did not. What would have made you put in money for this? What would have made you bet on yourself? Here's where I struggle with procrastination. I can put first tasks that are necessary to an adult life. I can call the health insurance place. I can figure out where to get the best phone case by doing some research or whatever. These are very small, immediate things. I am really good at procrastination pit fighting because I have a ton of big things and I have, I am really good at getting a lot of small things done, but I struggle with the big things. I struggle with the sitting down and doing the big things. I even have a to-do list that says big tasks and little tasks, and I'm always doing all the little tasks and wondering what Sunday will be the right day to do the big tasks. You know what I think is the problem here? What? Uh, the word big seems like a pretty obvious problem. What do you mean? Well, you know, you didn't need to tell Laura, I need my contact list done. You could tell for, for that month, you could have said, I need to have two pages of my contact list done. 
I need to have oh. one page of my contact list done. Uh-huh. You know, you have these big tasks and these big things. And of course, they're never going to get done because it's too much to chew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, someone said this to me recently. I'm sure that I'm stealing it from someone who stole it from somewhere else. But this seems really lovely. So I'm just going to say it anyway. Imagine all the food that you have to eat in one day to survive. Uh-huh. Imagine all of the food that you have to eat in one week to survive. And uh-huh. I'll imagine all the food you have to eat in an entire year to survive. And it's all in the same room. And you know, I have to eat all this food or I'm not going to survive. It seems impossible. It seems like impossibly daunting that you would have to eat all that food. But the truth is, by the end of the year, you'll have eaten all that food. And oh, each yeah. little bite will have been enjoyable. Yeah. But so why do I not feel that I can break up the task? Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to figure out a new way of thinking about big tasks and big aspirational goals and say, you know what? It's actually great because this is a four part to do. There's the first part of it, the second part of it, the third part of it, the fourth part of it, four out of four, you've got it done, but it's not one out of one. Yeah. You already know how to do little things. So just make everything little. Exactly. What's the first part of the contact list? You mean like, like what would be my part one? Yeah. What's part one? Um, I would need to come up with categories by which to organize the contact list and like put it into an Excel sheet. Okay. So that's part one. Coming up with categories and putting the categories in the Excel sheet. That's part one. That's an easy part one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that part is like super easy, I think. I just need to think about what the categories are. Let's just do that right now. Right now? Yeah. Why not? It's like after, it's like almost one in the morning. Yes. It, it Yes. Okay. But it is almost one in the morning, but this is hanging over your head for two years. So like. You'll lose an hour of sleep to get something off your chest that's been hanging over your head for two years. I think it's a fair trade. But it's so late. It's like midnight. We could do this no, no, tomorrow. No. Don't put your life off till tomorrow. Uh, do it now. Stop putting it off. <gasps> Let's get this shit done. I mean. Yes, 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 uh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gosh. Your positive energy is very um, oppressive. Yep. It is an oppressive yet persuasive positive energy. And I insist. Open that Excel. Oh, my God. Open up Excel. Open up Excel, baby. Open up Excel. Uh, uh, okay. Yay. Yes. Okay. I guess I can be like one hour less of sleep this evening. You can. And in exchange, Hannah, you'll be full of pride and joy. And also, um, you know, also pride and joy. Yeah. Well, I was also thinking um, maybe just to sweeten the deal, you could give me 20 bucks. And then if you finish it, then I'll give you 20 No, bucks you are not my personal artist, Susu. I am. I'm not giving you 20 I bucks. I should be. I'm I not risking make losing this $20. Hannah, no, no. Believe in yourself. Bet no. on yourself. Do as I say. I am, I am not betting on myself and therefore giving you $20. It's not happening. How about you do it and you don't think about it so hard and you do it and you say, you know what? I'm going to get that 20 bucks back. How about you just keep me company? While I open up Excel. I'm so proud of you. This sucks. Okay, so what do you have to do first? I will name this Excel Master Contact Sheet. Yes. Yes. Do theater contacts. 
Well, we got to break that down. We'll do like, um, let's say like producers, directors, directors. yes, writers, actors, yes. playwrights. Actors. Um, Does it matter if they're like established or if they're kind of? I don't think it matters. Okay. I don't think it matters. I mean, maybe I can have like a little marker for that. Well, but... I feel just like a child. We'd like to thank Pierre Steele and Laura Winters for coming on the show today. Uh, Pierre Steele wrote The Procrastination Equation, How to Stop Putting Things Off and Start Getting Stuff Done. Read his book while you're putting something off, I suppose. Uh, Thomas Cavanaugh, he assisted with editorial. We'd also like to thank Frank Partnoy, Dan Class, Ted Sim, Nathan Fertig, and our mom and dad for additional support. Uh, You guys, this is a brand new show. So if you have any strong positive or negative reactions to this, if you have ideas, if you think that we missed the mark or if we did something that particularly affected you, let us know. Uh, Write a review of us on iTunes or reach out to us on our website, grownupquestions.com slash contact. Uh, If you have a book that you think would be good on our show or, or are doing some kind of project, going on some kind of journey, and you think that we would be interested, once again, runupquestions.com slash contact Uh, I read everything that comes in the next one could be you thanks again for listening we'll be in your feed next week